Hello and welcome to another episode of the Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Sam Picaro, joined by Koki Riley and Carson Field. As we are going to recap ASU's 20-13 to loss to Stanford and preview this week's matchup against USC. So guys, um, it was an offensive struggle again for the Sun Devils. Another 7-point loss. That's now 4 for ASU now and there are 4 defeats. Um, the team was obviously really disappointed after the game. Manny Wilkins fought back on questions of ASU's offense being too stagnant, calling it it was just two defenses battling. So what was your main takeaway from the seven-point defeat? My main takeaway from this game is just really – it wasn't just necessarily a stagnant offense. ASU actually out-yardage Stanford in this game. For me, it was more of the turnovers, the inefficiency for Manny Wilkins himself, and just – a key interception toward the end of the game to go along with the poor clock management at the very, very end of the game, which really costed them any chance of coming back in this one. Um, it, it was a poor performance for the offense for sure, even though the defense really did step up this week. I actually thought the biggest issue with ASU was play calling. There were a lot of questionable play calls, a lot of runs when it should have probably been a passing situation, and the play call that stuck out to me the most was when they tried to do a trick play with Nikhil Harry going toward the left, trying to throw the ball, and he was intercepted when ASU was driving at about probably the 20-yard line. That was a pivotal play in the game, really changed the momentum of the course of the game. So that was kind of mind-boggling why they called that play, but that was one of my main takeaways. Yeah, like really... Like, we've had this problem, I feel like, with ASU all year, going dating back to the San Diego State game, where just the play calling at times is just really strange. Like, they they have one thing working for them, and they're like, they try to yeah. throw this trick play, and it just doesn't work. I'm like, Stan, you know, ASU turned it over twice, I think, inside the Stanford 35 in the first half when it's when you knew points were going to be crucial, but that's just the way the first quarter went. And, like, you know, they gifted Stanford six points, and they went into halftime with the three point lead, and it basically being the difference. It was a one touchdown game. Um, but, like, as we see here, Manny Wilkins was the leading rusher for the Sun Devils, you know. And it seemed like they were really having Benjamin be uh, the tailback, you know, really centering the offense around him. And yet, you know, they struggled. Like, Wilkins threw the ball 43 times, which that is too many times, in my opinion. I feel ASU has to be more balanced. It's really odd to me they have struggled so much to... to find a sort of balance yeah. between either one week they run the ball a ton, another next week they throw a ball a ton, and there's no real balance, no real consistent balance threat week in and week out. And like at Stanford had the ball 38 minutes because I'm like, Stanford, like the defense I think is just exhausted. That's a lot to put on a defense, 38 minutes, especially a physical team like Stanford. You know, it's not like Oregon where they just go up and down, they score under three minutes. You know, Stanford likes to have long drives. So I think, but again, though, I think, you know, ASU fans leave frustrated because I'm like, this is another game ASU probably should have won. You know, they were undefeated at home this year. And I'm like, it's just, it's been frustrating loss after frustrating loss after frustrating loss. I'm not sure that should have won's the right word, but they definitely could have. Like, Stanford's probably at least a little more talented of a team. Year in and year out, their recruiting classes are a little bit better. But that being said, they were in this game for the majority of it. Third quarter, they kind of got behind. Stanford scored 14 points. ASU only scored three. But in that late comeback, it looked promising for a little bit, but nothing really panned out with that. But that's the main takeaway from that. It was never really it was never really that close, even though it was always kind of close. But yeah. Personally, if I if it weren't for the backbreaking turnovers and the poor um, play calling, then I think they really could have won this game. I, I was not impressed by Stanford whatsoever, especially off on the offensive side of the ball. Bryce Love wasn't as much of him it wasn't even half as good as he was last season when he rushed for over three hundred yards True. against the Sun Devils. Yeah. 
it's so frustrating. The, and uh, it's also hard, too, because, you know, the Pac-12 South, each week, you know, we say that ASU is going to, you know, they eliminate themselves from the division all the way. But then everybody is losing in the South, yeah. I feel. You know, Utah, who started the conference season 0-2, we all thought Utah was done. You know, 0-2, you know, I, but then, you know, they've rattled off three straight wins. USC has, you know, it's been super inconsistent this season. Colorado has lost two straight now after their undefeated start. So do you... So I guess that's a good transition to USC. So it looks like on paper it's another big divisional game. You know, USC coming off a, a 41-28 loss to Utah. The Utes have been just scoring after Utah had no offense. So what will be key for ASU, you feel, heading into this game? I, I feel what's going to be key for ASU is just to continue what they've been doing on defense. They've had a pretty solid defense this year. They're only allowing 21.1 points per game. That's 32nd in the country. A huge improvement from last year's 32.8 points per game allowed. Big, wow. I mean, it's hard to believe how much of an improvement that really is. And offensively, they're going to need to find a balance between the pass and the rush. And they just haven't found that so far this year. And there's really been no real signs of, of improvement in that area. I think a big factor in this game will be exposing USC without its top two linebackers in Cameron Smith and Porter Gustin, two of the most elite linebackers in the conference. Smith's dealt with some injuries that have kind of been like lingering, and Porter Gustin just, it was just announced he's out for the season with an ankle injury. So those are two big losses, and if ASU takes advantage, they could very well be in this game. And I don't know if that's whether they should expose that through the run game, the passing game. It, it will really be up to... John Houston and the other USC linebackers to really make up for their absences. And I think they should honestly rely a little bit more on the run game. They won't be able to swarm as quick to the line of scrimmage without Smith and Gustin. And Benjamin's been fantastic for the majority of this season. So giving him more carries would benefit the offense. Yeah, personally, I, I think that with, with Daniels being a little banged up in this game, I, I think rushing the passer and make him to make forced, forcing him to make quick decisions is, could be a key for the defense this week. And offensively, like you said, um, the USC's really banged up, but not just on defense, but on both sides of the ball. So I think that if they can expose um, their holes on the defense, especially at linebacker with Port Augustine out, then they could walk away with a win this weekend. Yeah, what's kind of tricky about figuring out USC's offense, they don't really have one premier receiver. They have a lot of them. Amon Ross St. Brown, Michael Pittman Jr. Occasionally, Stephen Carr, one of their running backs, will come in and do some good stuff through the air. And so it's kind of hard to figure them out. It's up to the guys like Chase Lucas, some of the other defensive backs, to really step up. We've seen some of the bigger receivers, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, LaVisca Chenault, have pretty big games against Arizona State. So they just have to do all they can to limit this kind of strong wide receiver tandem. I would certainly agree. Another guy to watch out for, but on 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 the ground is Asa Cedric Ware. He's averaging six yards per carry so far this season. Um, watch out for him as even though he is questionable this week. Watch out for him as a potential impact player. Yeah, like I think for USC, a lot of it is going to depend on if Daniels how hundred how healthy is JT Daniels. Um, it seems like USC is going to try to get him through this concussion protocol after suffering a concussion last week against Utah. Their backup, Matt Fink, broke his ribs, so he's out for the season. So USC could be resorting itself to a third-string quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong, USC recruits well, so yes. he can still be really talented. And we've seen USC backup quarterbacks uh, tear up ASU in the in years past. So I think that will be crucial because I just 
Again, USC just has not been putting up points this year. It's just I like True. they have not, and I feel ASU's defense. While Chase Lucas, I thought Lucas played a little bit better against Stanford because he, right, he got he burned against Chanel. I thought Lavisca Chanel exposed him, mm, for uh, sure. and I so I thought he matched up well. And our second Whiteside is probably the best receiver in the Pac-12 uh, behind Harry. Up there. Yeah, he's, he's up there. He, up him there. and Harry are a debate. The problem with USC is when you have like a true freshman at quarterback, it's hard to you know get him up to an elite standard to a USC standard. I I. I have a good feeling that JT Daniels is going to be a great quarterback in college. I mean, we've seen flashes, bits and pieces of it. He's shown flashes. He, really he has. has shown flashes, but at the same time, you know he's not ready as a true freshman quarterback. It's very this isn't college basketball. It's hard to it's true. to you know ease into that. Well, I feel like there's been questions around Daniels' production all year. Like I've always, I've actually been surprised USC has stuck with him this long. Because I feel like they could have easily have made the transition to a different quarterback. And Fink played okay, 6 of 7, 43 yards, and a TD against Utah. So he played okay in relief for Daniels. Um, but yeah, like, with Daniels questionable, I do think USC will probably center their offense around the running game a lot. That's so, true. you know, it's going to be up to, like, Rennell Wren, Shannon Foreman. All the, the defensive line is going to really have to shut down USC drawing games. If that happens, and I think ASU could have a huge day defensively. I agree. I agree with that. A lot of it's up to the running game. USC's run game's kind of been up and down for the most part for most part of the year. So if they can limit that, that'd be huge. Yeah, USC 88th in the country in points per game. It, it's been a struggle for them so far this season. Defensively, they've been okay, but without Port Augustine, as we've already mentioned, they could. They, that's a weakness right there. Even with all that said, Clay Helton's a pretty good head coach. Um, they're still a four and three team with a chance at playing in the Pac-12 championship game, which I can't believe. But <laughs> I, I, I really do think that uh, ASU has a real shot at winning this game because they have a clear strength, and I think that is the defense. I think the defense is a pretty solid unit and could carry them to a victory this week. Um, just thinking big picture, how important is this game for ASU? You know, if they lose this game, they'll be three and five, four games left in the season. Um, like, is this kind of like a make-or-break game? Like, what comes to bowl eligibility? I think this is game is imperative for bowl eligibility because looking ahead, having Utah and Oregon... I see those probably both as losses, the way both of those teams have played lately. Both of them are probably a little bit more talented, even if they haven't been playing better lately. So probably those will be losses. And then there are kind of trap games, like Arizona's a rivalry game. That that could go either way. UCLA's been playing well as of late. Not a great team, but that could be a trap game. Yeah, up? UCLA's been able to get yards and put points off the board lately. Over 30 points, they've scored more than 30 points in back-to-back games now. And you, as you said, Utah and at Oregon are, in my opinion, two losses. Um, in Arizona, it's a rival game. Who knows? So this game is imperative if they want to make a bowl. It's true. Um, well, if they, on the flip side, if they do win, though, do you see? Well, looking at the division, ASU would be two and three. USC would be at three losses. Um, you know, Utah. They have Utah next week. So do you think? ASU still has a shot at the division, considering what's in front of them, or you still feel no, they're they should aim towards bowl eligibility. I'm not so sure about that one. Yes, they would only need to lose one more game. If they only lost one more game for the rest of the season, they'd have a, they'd have a pretty good chance, given how how much of a I guess a crapshoot it's been at the bottom of the pack of the entire Pac-12 South. But as it stands right now, they're still last place in yeah. the Pac-12 South, and that's a lot of teams to jump in order to get to the top. Yeah, I, th- I also think we're hesitating, too, because ASU has Oregon. And I think we yeah, all see sure. Oregon. You know, all the other schools probably don't have a team like that. And that's a one thing ASU's been unfortunate. They have had 
at least coming into the year, the three best teams in the North, Washington, Stanford, and Oregon, all on their schedule. That like they it looks like they get least lucked out not getting Wazoo this year, but that definitely the schedule is definitely against the Sun Devils. Yeah, Wazoo's been a pleasant surprise so far um, in the Pac-12 North. Man, so because this is a make-or-break game, um, what are some of your predictions? What do you think will happen? Personally, I, it's this is tough to say. I'm going to lean towards USC. Home, I think home field's going to be big in this game, and I think with Daniels playing, actually playing this week, I think that's a big advantage um, for USC. They don't have to use their third-string quarterback in this game. I got USC 31-27. I think it will be close to the end. I think even though it's a big question mark at quarterback whether Daniels will be good to go or not I think that this defense missed a lot of tackles lately won't be able to really stop the run game even though it's kind of been inconsistent for the Trojans all year yeah I'll probably go USC too it's just ASU has not been able to show they can make the plays necessary to win a game they just haven't since the Michigan State game they they're always in close games that they just can't make the play like in the second half it's been a struggle for them this year and so I'll go with USC at home to ASU USC's not been kind at least a trip to LA has not been kind to ASU in the years past but you know this is a big game though because you know as I agree with you I think ASU has a ton they Utah I think most people would pick Utah Arizona's a trap game in Tucson so if ASU really wants to be bowl eligible I think they really got to win this game but I'll lean towards the Trojans are do we think we're they're gonna lose by seven again no. <laughs> I don't I think it will end this week no more seven point losses <laughs> the streak will end this week yes. okay Okay. If they lose it by seven points again, it is not going to be a good week of practice. I'm telling you that. Um, so, yeah, so ASU will play USC Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's on ABC or ESPN2, depending on where you live in the country. Um, so that is our podcast for this week. Uh, make sure you listen to all of our Doubles of Detail podcasts, uh, Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. And we'll, we look forward to recording our podcast again next week. Thank you for listening.